sometimes you need to schedule in like, I'm going to schedule in my 30 minute workout or whatever it is. I'm going to schedule in my shower, you know, and really see how much time it's going to take you and then have a start time for the work day. Instead of it just being like, I need to start working as early as possible. You know, you start work at nine 30, which means if you drop the kids off at eight o'clock or eight 30, you have an hour before work begins. And it just gives you permission to not just have this guilt hanging over you of feeling like, Oh, I really should be working. It's like, no, my work day doesn't start till 9 30. I have plenty of time to get my workout in, shower, have a little breakfast, and then I'll start my work day. You're listening to Product Powerhouse, a podcast to inspire and empower you while you build a powerful product based business that fuels your passion and feeds your family. I'm your host, Erin Alexander. I run an e commerce web design agency that helps shop owners build, grow, and scale. This podcast is all about actionable strategies specifically for your product based business. So friend, grab an iced coffee and let's chat because DIYing your business doesn't mean you have to do it alone. Hey, you're listening to another episode of the Product Powerhouse Podcast. I'm so glad you're here. As always, I love, I just love creating these episodes. Podcasting is so much fun and I'm so grateful for each and every one of you who listen and tune in each week. And I'm really grateful for the guests we get to have on the show because I feel like every guest is like the best one I've ever had. (laughs) They're all so fantastic. They're all so smart. I just love this. So enough gushing. (laughs) Let's talk about today's guest, Kaylin Asher. Kaylin Asher is an award-winning business coach with a three-day work week. She specializes in helping coaches create premium group programs. And I know you listening are not usually coaches. So we really talk about the three-day work week, how to create an ideal work schedule, how to you know prioritize things, how to start adjusting your schedule so you can take more time off. I know this is something that a lot of us are struggling with, or not even maybe struggling with, but want in our business, and we're not sure how to get there, myself included. We talk about my situation a lot in here in this episode. You know, as a mother, my kids are about to be on summer break. And that's kind of, you know, how do we navigate that? I want to spend extra time with them. I also have a full client load and big goals. So how do I manage that? How can I sustain my business at this point while working less hours? So Kaylin and I talk a lot about this. So everything we talk about absolutely applies to product-based businesses and service-based businesses. I think you'll really like this episode. Be sure to check out The workbook we talk about here is a three-day work week system guidebook, and you can find that on Kaylin's website at www.kaylinasher.com. We have that link in the show notes, so you don't have to type it out. So be sure to check that out, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, Kaylin. How are you? I'm doing great, Erin. Thanks for having me. I am so excited to have you on the podcast today. Why don't we start by telling everyone who you are and what you do? Absolutely. So I'm Kaylin Asher. I'm a business coach and I specialize in helping coaches and online service providers create premium group programs. Beyond that, I'm a mom. I'm a wife. I have a three-day work week, which is really fun and awesome. And I absolutely love the work I do. And I'm excited to be here to share all I can about helping you know design your ideal work week and find more space and time for all the things you want to do in life. 
Yes. I'm really excited. I know when we talked, I told you like most of the people listening are product-based business owners, but they are still so interested in learning about like, how do I maximize my time? How do I work less hours? How do I manage everything with my family? And so I think that's going to be a conversation that anyone can really resonate with. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Why don't you tell us about your three-day work week? Like, how did you get into that? Like, how did it start? Yeah. So my three-day work week started when I had my first daughter. She's now seven. So I've been living the three-day work week lifestyle for a while now, which has been amazing. But it really was born out of this desire to just not be working so much after she arrived. I kind of bought into the idea that I wasn't going to be successful unless I put a lot of time and energy and hustle into my business. And it was kind of tiring me out. And then I was pregnant. So then I was tired on top of that. So <laughs> I, I was looking for a solution. And after she was born, I took a little time off. And I honestly questioned whether or not I wanted to go back to my business at all, at least right away. I, it wasn't at the level of success that it is now. And it was so much time and effort to just make it work. And so I sat with it and thought about it. And I realized, you know, ultimately, I'm going to regret not giving this a go. And I think I'll set a better example for my daughter by pursuing this, even if it never becomes as big as I'm envisioning, just the the act of trying, I think was really important. And so I sat with that and thought about what would, what would feel good? Like what would actually work for me right now? And this idea of a thir- three-day work week landed for me out of nowhere. It's like, you know what? If I could work just three days, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays, and have a four-day weekend, that would feel amazing. And we're very fortunate. We have family in the area, so I knew I could have in-home childcare coverage when she was itty-bitty right here at our house with family members. And that's how it started. And I got proof really early on my business it didn't just sustain, which was the ultimate goal. I was like, I just want to sustain what I was doing before working less hours, but it actually grew. And the second year that I was doing that three-day work week thing was my first six-figure year in business. And the business has continued to grow and develop. And I've been working fewer and fewer hours <laughs> every year since. So proved to myself, and I love being an example for other people, that you don't have to buy into that idea of the only way to be successful is, you know, working 24 seven, blood, sweat, and tears, hustle, pushing, striving. That's just exhausting. That's just a recipe for burnout, but sustainable and figuring out what that looks like for you. Cause it's different for each and every one of us. It might not be a three-day work week for everyone, although I think it's pretty awesome. And so happy to share whatever I can today to help people figure out what is that ideal schedule for them. Yes. I have so many like thoughts popping into my head. First of all, that's fantastic. I love that. So you did have your business before you had your daughter. I did. Yeah. That's cool. When I had my daughter, she's eight now. So just a little bit before years, I was working and we were actually in the process of buying our home. So she was, she was born like February 4th and our, and our loan was supposed to like come to whatever they call it. I don't know. So they wrote it into the loan that I had to go back to work and I was devastated. And so I I feel like I'm a little jealous that you got that time. That's so incredible. Now that your daughter's a little older, like did it change when she started school and she wasn't there, you know, all the time? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, absolutely. And I think that's something that's really important to consider whenever we're creating a schedule is that they're 
there are seasons to life and cycles and times when our schedule needs to look a little different. So when she was really little, I was a lot more flexible with my hours. Like I was still breastfeeding and like all of those mom things that you're doing. And I'd hear her crying. I'm like, Oh, I have to be there. So, you know, being in home with her worked really well. And I obviously got more work done during nap times, even though I had childcare all day long, as she got a little older and my second daughter arrived, (laughs) then (laughs) You know, we started figuring things out as they started going into preschool. And now my seven-year-old's in first grade, my little one's in pre-K, she'll be in kindergarten next year. So my schedule is a lot more predictable now, which is really nice, but I definitely have experience and can relate to that unpredictable nature of, you know, having little kids at home, even if you have childcare they still want mom sometimes. And, you know, those interruptions and fluctuations that happen if I had tried to push it to be something different than it was, than what it needed to be, it would have been more of a struggle and create more problems. But if you can kind of just rest in where you're at, I know sometimes, you know, people still have a fuller part-time job as they're working on their businesses and growing their businesses. And instead of being frustrated by that, just recognizing the available time you do have and using that to the best of your ability. And then recognizing too, that that's probably going to shift and change as the business grows, you'll be able to leave that job and you'll have more domain over what you want to create schedule wise. And even just throughout the year, there can be changes, right? Summer vacation changes things. And maybe you want time off around the holidays and those, those types of things are important to consider that you don't have to have this rigid schedule, the same thing every week, week upon week that, you can kind of flux and flow because you're in charge and it's your business. <laughs> mm-hmm, absolutely. I try to do the a four day week in the summer. And I think, well, there's no point in me doing it during the school year because both my kids are in school full time. And what would I do without them? Like, <laughs> but now that I'm like, oh, I could nap, I could read, I could work out. Maybe I do need to do that all year long. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And once you do that and you have, a day that's more open, it's really hard not to keep it that way, right? And so you start to make decisions that support that lifestyle that you're now accustomed to. And it's really funny. Sometimes I've had my three-day work week for so long, it just feels totally normal. And sometimes I need like a, you know, kind of smack in the head reality check to realize like, I am so very fortunate and so blessed to have this schedule. My younger daughter, she's only in school four days a week. So I have Mondays with her and I have this opportunity to spend all day with her. You know, I got two and a half years with her older sister before she was born, but now I have my every Monday with her. And so there's these really sweet things that can occur when you choose to find that harmony between your work and your life, not just put it all into the work because we think that's the only way to be successful and happy. Mm -hmm. I can admit that I'm a little bit of a workaholic. I really love my work. I'm always like, if I do the next thing and I do the next thing and I do the next thing, but then I always, I always get burnt out or on the verge of burnt out. And I'm like, okay, Aaron, take a step back, spend the weekend reading. Don't bring your laptop home, leave it at work. You know, those types of things, because that is the benefit of working for yourself. Like you don't have to be on demand. Like you can, you can, and I know it sounds impossible. Tell people I'm not available this day. (laughs) So when you are starting or even now, like, do you have any tips for someone who's like, I'm already working, you know, five days a week or six days a week. What's the first step to like taking one extra day off a week? Mm, Yeah. I think first of all, we need to get really clear on how we're using our time. 
So this step isn't the most fun or the most sexy, but it's really useful if you do a time inventory and you track where the hours are going during a few work days. You know, if you have a pretty typical work day, maybe for two or three of them, I did it really old school. When I first did this activity, I just had a legal pad next to my desk and I had a timer that would go off my phone and I'd jot down some of the things I did during that previous hour or half hour. And it really brings to light where we're using our time effectively and where we're not. And so the challenge is try not to change anything while you're doing it, but rather just being an observer. And there's lots of apps and things that can support you with this as well. If you're like, I don't want to do all that tracking manually, you can definitely get apps on your phone and your desktop to do that. Yeah. I wanted to say I do that with, it's an app for Mac called Timing Tracker, and it does it automatically. It tells me what website I'm on because I like bounce around and I could never remember to track. So if you are like me and you could never remember to track, try that app because it just runs in the background. You don't even have to think about it. Yeah, absolutely. And then after those few days, you're going to have this really good data to see where you've been spending your time and where you can make some changes. And so what I like to do after that is go through kind of that list of all the things you've done over those days and ask yourself, like, what do I really enjoy? What am I really good at? And also what do I not enjoy? And what am I not good at? And those are great questions to ask because you want to look to minimize, automate, and outsource those things. And the things you really love and enjoy, how can we augment that? Or how can we have some really dedicated space for those things so that you can feel that joy that your business is meant to bring you? Once you have all that information, if you have this habit, you know, like we all can of bouncing around where it's like, okay, I'm in my inbox and then I'm over here and then I'm writing something and then I'm on Instagram and we can like ping pong because everything's designed to do that, to make us do that, that we can be a little more intentional about where we're spending our time and blocking off. What I really love to do is block off chunks of time, maybe two or three hours where I can focus in on a task and in that time, even 90 minutes, like a solid chunk of time, you can get so much done if you start batching like things together instead of thinking, well, I have to write this email and I have to post about this and I need to do these admin things and they're all scattered around on the days. If you have like, this is my CEO day where I'm getting everything organized and then this is my admin day. And of course, there's certain things you have to do each day, like checking emails maybe but you can be much more intentional with how you're blocking your time and more effective. Because every time we switch tasks, we lose about 20% of our efficiency. So if we're bouncing around a lot, we're constantly depleting our efficiency, where if we're able to stay on task a little bit longer, we can get so much more done. And so I would really say that time inventory thing is a great place to start to educate yourself about where you're even starting from in this process. Yeah, I totally agree. So you do batching and kind of like themed days together. So you will batch admin tasks on an admin day, maybe have like a content day where you batch content creation. Is that what you're explaining? Yeah, I do. I, especially when I was working more with one-to-one clients, I'd have coaching days and then non-coaching days. I actually had weeks where I had an A week where I'd work with my clients and a B week where I wouldn't. That doesn't work for every style of business, but I think having days where you can have a theme for a day or even part of the day, like this morning is for this and this afternoon is for that, it allows you to kind of stay in your lane and be a lot more effective and productive because you're not 
looking at all these random things on your to-do list, you know, the specific tattoos that need to happen in that chunk of time. Mm, Yeah. I like that a lot. This is always something I struggle with. I will like plan a day. Like say today is a client day. And then all of a sudden the school calls and I have to pick up my son and it's like, okay, well, my client day gets pushed to tomorrow, which is my admin day. And then I like feel frustrated that I didn't do what I set out to do. How do you combat that? Because that's something that as moms, we have to do every single day, right? Yeah, absolutely. So I think part of it is having a little grace, right? Being gentle with ourselves, not getting mad at ourselves when something outside of our realm of control is affecting our businesses or lives, right? That happens to all of us. I also think it's nice to have white space in your calendar. So not every single minute is scheduled. And then if something comes up, suddenly you have nowhere to put that thing you didn't get to. You can say, oh, well, Friday mornings are my catch-all. So if something comes up on Tuesday morning and eliminates my availability to do this thing, I know I can just bump it over to Friday because that's, you know, I have two hours Friday morning to catch anything that needs to be moved over. That's something I really like. And even do now is my Fridays are never scheduled with like work stuff or client meetings. But if something comes up, I know because my daughters are both in school on Friday, I can make time on my Friday morning to kind of get through it and then start my weekend. (laughs) So that white space in our calendar is really helpful in that regard. I know as women, especially, we are often managing not just our businesses, but like our family stuff and the whole household and making plans for everyone. And we have a lot that we're managing. And so it's hard to leave that white space. But even just giving yourself a little breathing room between tasks can be really useful instead of scheduling something from like nine to 10 and then 10 to 11 and 11 to 12, like nine to 10. And then maybe the next thing doesn't start till 1030. And it allows you to have a little bit of flexibility in that, which I think feels a lot better. Yeah. That's really important to, to schedule in. Like it seems silly to schedule in nothing, but it like gives you that space to breathe. (laughs) And sometimes you do actually have to schedule it in. I'm glad you pointed that out that you can't just leave it open because something might then fill into it. But if you block it off and, you know, maybe have some code word or something, or just says me time or like booked or something like that, then no one can get access to it. And you know, that time is preserved for you. Yeah. I'm just thinking of something I started a few weeks ago that I kind of like stopped this week and how off I've been feeling. So I used to feel really guilty about using quote unquote work time when my kids are at school to do personal tasks. But I found that once I dropped off the kids, if I went home and did my workout and then got ready and went to work like an hour later, my day was so much more productive. And this week I have just been not doing that. I've just been coming straight to work after I dropped the kids off and I can tell the difference. So it's like, you know, I have to sometimes be willing to give up what I feel is like sacred time to be my best self during my sacred time. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. And, you know, we were talking about scheduling in the white space. Sometimes you need to schedule in like I'm going to schedule in my 30 minute workout or whatever it is. I'm going to schedule in my shower, you know, and really (laughs) see how much time it's going to take you and then have a start time for the work day. Instead of it just being like, I need to start working as early as possible. You know, you start work at nine 30, which means you drop the kids off at eight o'clock or eight 30. You have an hour before work begins. And it just gives you permission to not just have this guilt hanging over you of feeling like, 
oh, I really should be working. It's like, no, my workday doesn't start till 930. I have plenty of time to get my workout in, shower, have a little breakfast, and then I'll start my workday. Yes. We're not necessarily going to an office, right? Where someone else is dictating the start time. So we have to make that choice for ourselves. Yes, absolutely. I wanted to like take a step back because you did talk about when we talked about the time audit, automating, outsourcing. Once you do your time audit, we talked about finding the things you love. Do you have any tips for like getting started with the automation or the outsourcing process? Yeah, of course. So I have a woman who runs all of the operations of my business, and she's been with me for a number of years now. But before I had that, (laughs) and I was looking for someone, I think one of the best places to start with that, obviously, is get your list, all the things you don't like doing and you're not good at. That basically becomes your job description of who you could use support from, someone who specializes in those things, and hopefully they enjoy doing those things. And then I think it's really helpful if you have some business BFFs to just ask them if they have support in their business, who are they? Are they looking, if they're contractors, they might be looking for additional clients. If not, where did they find them? And just start the conversation. And that opens up a lot of doorways. If you're looking for a traditional VA, there's lots of Facebook groups and things like that, that you can join to be connected with them. There's even like matchmaking services (laughs) that can pair you up with people. But I think one of the biggest hurdles that I see a lot of my clients overcome, because I'm often working with women who have been one-to-one coaching for a while, they've been doing it solo, and now they're looking to create that group program, become more of the CEO, start building team. They're thinking that they suddenly have to like hire someone full-time. And that's absolutely not where you need to start. When I first hired my first VA, I think I had her for 10 hours a month. It was just like a couple hours a week. But it was so useful to just get in the habit of taking some things off my plate and allowing myself to be supported by someone else. And it also encourages you to be really clear and specific and think about your business differently because this person's stepping in totally green and you kind of have to figure out how to explain everything from the ground up (laughs) instead of you've got everything in your head and you know how it all goes, but you need some systems, you need some SOPs, standard you know, operating procedures, those types of things to get this working. But don't think you need to go right out of the gate hiring someone for 20 hours a week. You can start with someone for two to five hours a week just to free up your time a little bit, especially if you have a limited number of hours to work. And you know that by paying someone $20 an hour, you could use that time to be generating $50 or $100 or $1,000 an hour. Absolutely, it's worth your time to make that that adjustment in the business and start bringing some people in to help you. Absolutely. I Yeah, I completely agree. I actually have quite a big team. You know, I'm very focused on how I'm growing my team and how I'm using them to support what I'm good at. And so I love those tips. You would be surprised even if you like put out a post on your Facebook group, like what kind of stay-at-home moms would love to like help you write blog posts for a couple of hours a week. One of my best friends, she edited my blog post because I cannot see a typo to save my life. So I would send her my blog posts. She would edit them so that I could publish them. I hired a friend to clean my house and they're just people in my community. You know, I didn't have to go through like some big hiring thing. It was like people I knew who wanted to make a little extra cash and it relieved so much stress from me to like, Just know that when I went home on the weekend, I didn't have to clean the bathroom. (laughs) You know, I wasn't going to be embarrassed when I published the next blog post because I had 75 typos. So there are definitely little ways you can find space to outsource without hiring a full-time person, like you said. 
Yeah, completely. And I love that you mentioned that, you know, hiring a house cleaner, because that truly was the first hire that I made. I'm not a huge fan of doing all the cleaning. I'm not a messy person. I like everything organized, but I'm not a like, let's pull everything off the shelf and dust the shelf (laughs) kind of person. So I need people like that in my life because it feels so good for me when it's there, but I'm not going to take my time because it feels like a waste of my time to do that. And so that was my first hire. I'm like, I get to support another woman in her business. I get to free up hours a week and this money is absolutely being well spent. And so that was, that was the first thing I put some business money towards, towards someone else. It wasn't actually even that VA that, that was my first truly business hire, but the house cleaning really made a big difference. Yeah. My first true hire was having she was a homeschooled teenager and she would come sit with the kids for like two or three hours a day during the summer. So I could just close the door and work. And, you know, I was home with them, just like you said. So if anything happened, I was there, but that was my first hire and it was incredible. The other thing I'm thinking about for like the product-based businesses listening, one of their time-consuming tasks is fulfilling orders. And you could absolutely find a teenager who would love to come over for an hour or two every other day to pack orders. And think about like how much investing in that teenager who's like learning worth ethic, who's saving money for college or earning a reward. I know my the teenager that I hired, I've hired her for tons of stuff now because I like love her to death. And you know, now she like got her first car. And I'm just so excited to have like, you know, been able to help support her as she's building her life. So there's lots and lots of ways to find like some extra time. You just got to get a little creative. (laughs) Yeah, completely. And a friend of mine, she has a product-based business and she needs to fulfill orders. And I think she hired like a retired woman in her community whose kids are out of the house. She was happy to just, you know, sit and like pack things and, you know, put everything in the mail and take it to the, you know, take it to the post office, put it in the mail, all of those things that my friend was like, you know, this feels like not a good use of my time. And she's like, by paying this woman, you know, she doesn't really need the money, but she enjoys it. And it brings her some fulfillment and she gets to be part of this growing business. And it's, you can absolutely find people for those, those tasks. It doesn't have to be this big, complicated hiring situation, probably just talk to your neighbors. (laughs) Yeah. Talk to your neighbors, talk to other business owners in your area, talk to your business best friends. Like you said, there's so many ways I'm like that weirdo who cannot wait till my kids can work for me. (laughs) Although my daughter is like total entrepreneur. She's already planning her business and what I have to do in it. So (laughs) I love that. Yeah. My, my daughter is the same way. She has so many different concepts that she's eager to play out. (laughs) So Gosh, I love this conversation. Like I said, I have so many questions popping up. Do you like recommend like, just go ahead and put a day in your calendar where you have blocked it off or you are like, I'm not touching work. Would that be a good way to get started in this? If you feel like you desperately want more space, but you're not giving it to yourself. I think a really good place to start with that is making a list of your like ideal work week dream list. Yeah. I would love to work four days a week. I'd love to have Fridays off, not work on the weekends at all. I'd like my work day to be like nine to three while the kids are at school. I want to be able to take four weeks off a year throughout the year for vacations and holidays. Like put your whole list down and like really start to feel into how excited you feel looking at that and how, how you feel like you'd be and show up if that was your reality. And then make some incremental upgrades. Take a look at what you're 
you know, what you want and then what you're doing now, if there's some really big gaps, often it's not sustainable if we just try to instantly close that gap. But (laughs) instead, if right now you're working Monday through Saturday and you try to take your Sundays off, maybe we could try not to work on Saturday. Maybe we could work a half day on Saturday where you're like, I'm going to give myself two hours Saturday morning where my partner can take the kids to breakfast in the park. And those two hours, I'm going to bang out anything I need to do, wrap up the week. And then I'm closing the laptop, shutting the door, and I'm off until Monday morning. So stepping into it slowly and sustainably, I think is a better route for most of us. Now, if you know yourself and you're like, I'm a rip off the bandaid kind of person, I'm ready to jump in without a safety net. That's cool. I'm going to, you know, just immediately chop it down. But for most of us, that's going to feel super uncomfortable. And then maybe after a couple months, you're like, I have a really good system going. I'm going to take off that Saturday morning when I have a full weekend off. And then maybe we cut back on Friday, make it a Friday half day. So you're working four and a half days, but this might be over six months, nine months. Maybe it's a year before you get there, but you've done it in a really sustainable way. And you're being really conscious of where you want to go. You're making sure it aligns with your values and that you're not compromising the business in any way, because that's not going to feel good either. But if you can make some little adjustments, you know, or maybe you have this habit of just like working through the evening where you're like, you pause, you make dinner, you eat dinner with family, put the kids to bed, and then you just keep working. Maybe we could have a couple evenings where you don't do that. Maybe Thursdays and Fridays, you're like, I'm not going to work in the evening. I'm not going to worry if I do it Monday through Wednesday, but Thursday and Friday, hard stop at 5 p.m., laptop away, close the office door sort of thing. So defining some of those incremental upgrades and testing it. Maybe some will feel amazing. Maybe you can be like, I'm not going to work any evening. This feels awesome. And maybe you'll be like, this is really like cutting into how productive I'm being because I was doing so much in the evenings. And maybe you need to hire that teenager to help you do the packing orders, those types of things. So you can start to feel into it and, and find your sustainable path forward. Thank you for that reminder. I am definitely like that person who just like dives in. It's like, okay, I'm not working at all. And then I, it's not, it's not sustainable. And I go back to it. And like, I think it's also important to remember there might be seasons in your business. Like lately I've been creating a lot of digital products because they have a deadline. And so I have been working evenings, but they're done now. Hooray. And <laughs> I will not need to work evenings. So that's a reminder to myself that, you know, it's okay to hustle for a little while, you know, as long as you're still taking care of yourself. And then, you know, you can start adding in some of those incremental things. That is a big deal. And it reminds me of James Clear's book, Atomic Habits. He talks a lot about, you know, like adding something to a habit you already have instead of trying to completely overhaul your life. (laughs) Exactly. Making those little adjustments, those sustainable changes. I think it's easier for us. It doesn't shock the system. (laughs) Yes. I am guilty of shocking, trying to shock the system and then falling on my face. (laughs) This has been so much fun. Do you have any like final tips for anyone who's like listening and feeling like, oh, this sounds impossible? Yeah, I think it's really important to remember that there's not really a destination that we're going to in our business. I know for so long, I was so guilty of this feeling like I'm going to finally feel like I've arrived when I've reached this level of revenue or have this thing created or beyond this launch. And it's never like that. And honestly, I wouldn't want it to be like that. It would be so boring if I got to a place where everything was predictable and the same and steady. Our life is meant to ebb and flow and change. Our businesses are meant to grow and develop. 
we are meant to grow and develop. And so, yes, there's obviously always changes that we want to make, but finding as much peace as you can and recognizing how amazing it is right here and now that you have this business that you built from scratch and it's bringing you money and supporting your family and you're getting hopefully to do work that you love every day. That's your life. Like that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Maybe you're working more hours than you want. Maybe it's a little more chaotic at times, but things are pretty darn good already. And so let's remember that as we're moving forward, that we can maintain that gratitude and that appreciation each and every step of the way, I think allows us to be, to achieve bigger and better because we're not constantly feeling this resistance of like, I hate where I'm at. I hate what's going on. and I just want everything to change. And so we can all have moments of that. I'm guilty of it too. But I think remembering to enjoy this moment right now of your life, because this is all that's real, right? We can think about the future all we want, but that's not real, that it really does help you to wake up a little bit and enjoy right where you're at and and trust that if you commit to making changes that feel good and sustainable, that things will continue to get better. That is so powerful. I often have to remind myself that there was a time when I desperately wished to be where I am now, even if now doesn't feel good enough. Like, you know, four years ago, five years ago, six years ago, I desperately wanted what I have now. And so I have to remind myself of that often. (laughs) Yeah. Ditto. Same thing. I remember like wanting, wanting, wanting exactly like the business, the revenue, the schedule, everything that I have now, the family, you know, all the (laughs) yeah. And then I'm here and I'm like, it's great, but it feels normal. And I have other bigger things that now I'm reaching for. And we're, it's always going to be like that. I think, especially for us entrepreneurs, we're just wired for wanting expansion, wanting growth, wanting to explore the new frontier. And so you have to kind of get comfortable with the uncomfortable (laughs) and that's a big ask, but the more you kind of just embrace like, oh, there's always going to be maybe I feel like that there's a gap between where I'm at and where I can envision myself going. And that's just part of the deal. I think it brings a lot of peace to the whole journey. Yes. I can absolutely relate as an entrepreneur. I once had a conversation with my counselor and he was like, if nothing changed for the next year, would you be okay? Like, would you be happy? And I'm like, yes, but why would nothing change? That's weird. (laughs) This has been such a fun conversation, Kaylin. I do have one question I love to ask everyone no matter what your business is, no matter like what type of business you have, we're all always constantly learning. So would you share with us something that you're working on or learning in your business now? Mm, To separate myself from the business, my identity from the business identity, you know, definitely my late twenties, my early thirties, I was so tied to the ups and downs of the business. If the business was successful, I felt successful. And if there was like a low moment, I felt low And I feel like I'm finally learning, not perfecting, but learning how to create more space between me and the business where the business can do what it's doing, but I can be a content person separate from that. I love the books by Tosha Silver. I read all of them multiple times. And she just has this really great philosophy of kind of holding what you want with an open hand. And so you're not so graspy at stuff. And I feel like that has given me a lot of, a lot more ability to just flow with what truly needs to happen in, in life and in my work, rather than feeling like I have to adhere to some random timeline that I've set for myself. 
that separation of my identity from the business identity is a powerful lesson that all of us can benefit from, especially when we are pretty solo in the business (laughs) at different times. Yeah. Do you know your Enneagram number? Three. (laughs) Me too. And I think Enneagram theory is like, I think we really feel bound by like the success of our business. I think I even said yesterday, I feel like everywhere in my life, I am falling short. And that's a lesson I've had to really work on. And it's not one that just all of a sudden you don't feel controlled by your business anymore. It's like a constant battle reminding yourself that your business success and your personal success or your business worth and your personal worth are not the same. Yeah. Yeah. Everything you just said, I'm like, yes, to all of that. (laughs) Yes, to all of it. Kaylin, I know that we've talked a lot about like the work week and your schedule, but you also are, you know, this wonderful service provider who provides help for people who are like creating group programs. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, absolutely. So my own journey coming from one-to-one coaching and then shifting to a group program, I realized how much that enhanced my schedule and my lifestyle going from back-to-back calls with the clients. And I'm like an extroverted introvert. And so I just feel really depleted after that. I created my first group program. I've been running it for the last four years. And that's what I help women coaches and online service providers do is create a signature group offer that allows them to do work they love, educate people that they care about inside a group container so that they only have one call a week instead of 10 to 20. And so I've been running my scale up accelerator for a number of years now, helping people do that. That sounds really awesome. I am like that service provider who is starting to get burnt out from the one-on-one stuff. And so I can definitely understand where how valuable this is because it does take a lot out of you after you do so many calls. Like sometimes I'll have a whole day of calls and I've always believed I'm an extrovert, but all of a sudden I'm like, I cannot people. (laughs) And you also have a resource that might be really helpful for anyone listening who, you know, kind of wants to take the step. Can you tell us about your freebie? Yeah, it's my three-day workweek schedule guidebook. So this freebie download is a PDF ebook that gives you, first off, a look at my schedule. I have my A week on there, as we touched on earlier, and my B week. So you can see how I'm batching my time, get some ideas about how I'm blocking it off and There's lots of tips and strategies and it links up to a bunch of other resources as well. So that's definitely something you can go grab and download. It's totally free and it'll give you some insight. Also, if you're more visual, if you're like, we talked about this schedule, but I like want to see it on paper. This is a great thing to grab. And there's even a template in there for you to start playing with what your own ideal work week would look like. Awesome. I am going to grab that PDF right now so that I can start checking it out. And we'll be sure to include the link to that in the show notes and in the email that goes out to everyone who's subscribed to get updates because that that is going to be powerful for everyone listening. Thanks so much, Erin. I appreciate it. Oh gosh, this conversation has just been so wonderful. Can you share with everyone listening where they can find you, where they can hang out with you online? Yeah. um, Well, of course you can always head to my website, kaylinasher.com, but the social media platform I spend the most time on is Instagram. I'm kaylin.asher over there. And if you're listening to this and this connects with you, if you have any follow-up questions, feel free to reach out to me on Instagram. I'd be happy to chat more. 
Absolutely. And of course, we'll always have the links to everything in the show notes. And I think we'll definitely link to those books you mentioned too, because that sounds like something I want to read and I'm sure the listeners want to read. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to share your story with us and share your tips and advice for how we can also stop working all the time. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. It was my pleasure, Erin. Thank you for listening to the Product Powerhouse podcast. It means so much to me that you take the time out of your day to listen to this podcast. It's my favorite thing to create, and I am so grateful that you've taken the time to listen. If you enjoyed this podcast or you have listened to other episodes and enjoyed those, it would mean the world to me if you could take a minute out of your day to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. This helps me get the show out to more people just like you who are out there trying to grow their own product-based business.